Thanks for tuning in to episode 71 of the Jock and Nerd podcast. The Jock and Nerd Weekly is back live on Blab for 2016. Even though the superhero shows that we love have not started up again, we catch up on a bunch of geek news. We're joined by Rug Boy, of course, and Godzilla artist John Bellotti Jr. We talk about Godzilla, Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Walking Dead, Daredevil Season 2, The Flash, Voltron, and a lot more. What didn't we talk about? You can join us, listener. Make sure you check out jockandnerd.com slash live for the link to the blab. All you need is a Twitter account. You can subscribe to our show and hang out and chat and even jump in. It's a fun ride, people. Let's check it out. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, everyone. We're live to blab. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And uh, I'm excited to be back on Blab in 2016. We have four full windows I'm looking at. In window number three, everyone. You know him. You love him. Mr. Rugberto Bambino, also known as Rugboy. That's me! Hey, what's up, Rugs? And right next to Rugs, window number four. Behind window number four is scenic painter by day, Godzilla artist by night, and a blab virgin. Oh, shit. We popped his blab cherry, Mr. John, Mr. John Bellotti Jr. Johnny, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you on here, and I'm glad that we've ruined your life in that we made him create a Twitter account. He's an egg. And then not only that, we're like, I'm going to throw you on Blab in front of the hordes of freaks that like to hang out on Blab. Yahoo! Nerd. Yahoo! It's a were you just, like, dancing over there, Armand? You were like... It's a double win for me, let me tell you. Anytime I could get any uh, Blab podcast cherries popped, I'm all in, people. Uh, so thanks for joining us on the blab. Uh, if you could click that little tell a little bird tweet button, if you're watching us right now, right now, there's nobody in here, but here's the agenda. Uh, usually we do these jock and nerd weeklies and we talk about the week's TV shows. Now the shows are not back, but I just, I couldn't wait. There's so much geek news that came out and I missed the blabus. I wanted to jump back here. So this is going to be our news roundup. We got geek news. We got Godzilla news. We'll do this. We'll close it up. We'll open the post show. Maybe geek out about Star Wars. See what people think. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a good time. What do you say, guys? Okay, let's do this. Well, before we begin, yes. though, John, I'd like to, uh, I wanted the listener to know uh, John Bellotti is most widely known from Jock and Nerd episode 28 and episode 62. So <laughs> check those out. Now, Anthony, you were always poo pooing the blab, weren't you? You're like, this isn't going to go anywhere. And I'm like, you know, this blab's going to be big. Uh, who was on the blab earlier? Uh, UFC president Dana White was on the blab. Fuck at, yeah, uh, dude. Five Eastern, yeah. Doing wow! A, right, doing well, a he's using blab now. Right, this look. He did a little fan interaction Q and A thing with fans. So I don't know how it went. I didn't get to watch because we were at work. It's, but. How awesome is that? Like once more celebrities and more big name people jump on this thing, and you can talk to them, and uh, it's great. He's always trying new things. I was very excited to hear that. So Dana White was on blab earlier. Also next week, before I forget, uh, next Wednesday's podcast fan appreciation day on blab. We will be there as well. Subscribe to that. All the links are on Blab page. And uh, one last thing, Jim Brewer favorited one of our tweets on Twitter, and it made me very happy. 
That's right. Did you see that, Ruggs? It was the Scott Weinstein show. That's absolutely. It was the SNL show that we did with Scott Weinstein. That gave me a huge boner because I fucking love Jim Brewer. He's hilarious. He's Goat Boy. Yeah, he's Goat Boy. So Jim Brewer. Rug Boy loves Goat Boy. Rug Boy, Goat Boy together. (laughs) He loves, uh, he favorited it. Uh, That's uh, uh, checking that off my bucket list. A celebrity. I think Goat Boy would eat me, though. Goat Boy. (laughs) Man. Goat Boy. Would eat you up. All right, gang. We got a lot of news here, and that's why John Bellotti's here, because we're going to start out with Kaiju News. Let me play a little sweeper. We're going to get into it. The Chalk and Podcast. Now, listener, if you've been listening to the show, you know that uh, we were, we're Godzilla fans. Ruggs is a Godzilla fan. Anthony's a Godzilla fan. And John Bellotti Jr. is a Godzilla artist with awesome artwork. Check his stuff out at uh, Robo7.com. What's the big news? Who wants to break this? I let John. Yeah, Tony. No, I want uh, Tony speaks so well about God. Uh, so I think Tony should break it. All right, Anthony, we're throwing <laughs> right. quarterback this shit. All right. So there was uh, some leaked images on uh, Twitter or Instagram, I believe, of Godzilla, specifically four images from the new Toho movie Godzilla Resurgence. And it's more a uh, detailed look at what his new costume is going to look like. And, uh, it looks a little burnt, right, guys? What do you guys Bake, think? We call it Baconzilla. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> Baconzilla. Yeah, a little bit. The extra crispy Godzilla. There was that that came out as well as the fact that there was rumors that this is one of maybe three forms that he will have throughout the movie. But I heard that was also debunked. That was a Devin yes. Farachi article. That was, that was a Devin. Yeah, I saw that on Devin Farachi. And then this dude on sci fi I think it's sci-fi or uh, some guy that actually has all the scoops. He's like, I don't know why Devin no, said August that. That's August Ragone. Okay, that Ragone. guy, right? So he's like, I don't know why, you know, they said three. Maybe they misunderstood what I said. What's the deal? There's not three. This no, is it. Deal? No, there's no, There's only going, going to be one form from uh, what August What August is reporting. Uh, the three forms came from him reporting that the puppet, the photos that, the, that leaked were of the giant puppet that they're using. Oh. And it takes three guys to operate the puppet. Oh, so what he thinks is that people just said, oh, there's three guys that are using this puppet turned into three forms of Godzilla. Uh, but he also said that they're at some point that this is not his final form in the article. Who he is- said that he said those exact words. So that would uh, you know, lead to conjecture. So, who is this right. dude? Uh, uh, what's his name? August Augustus. August August Ragone. He's a uh, pretty. He's a very popular uh, sci-fi writer. He works for Shout Factory, and he actually he wrote a book on uh, A.G. Subaraya, the guy that was behind all of the special effects of the Godzilla movies of the fifties and sixties. Oh. And, and uh, a great guy. And, and, I'm sorry. An Ultraman. An Ultraman. An Ultraman. Yes. Of course. So, yeah. Created created Ultraman. Yeah. Of course. So this guy's uh, a legit source. Yes, very legit. He's the only guy I trust. He's really the only guy that I know of that I actually trust when it comes to news about Godzilla and Ultraman and all things Japanese. So, all right, John. He's a cool guy. He's a really cool guy. You know, in the past shows, when the first images came out, we have given our opinion. I don't know if you heard that uh, about this burnt, crispy, uh, googly eyed, uh, fucked up teeth looking Godzilla. And I'm dying to know your thoughts on this design. Um, I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, wow. I think wow. the original, if you, if oh, you, uh, ever read about the original 54 Godzilla movie, uh, Ishiro Honda, the guy that directed the movie, he wanted Godzilla to look like that. And in fact, he wanted the Godzilla suit to have a mushroom cloud shaped head. 
And his original idea was to have Godzilla all burnt and scarred. So it looks like he's an actual victim of a nuclear bomb. And honestly, I'm all behind this suit. I'm all behind the look. I'm all behind the story because I'm so bored with the Godzilla movies that came out, like especially the Millennium series, mm-hmm. which like the Heisei series were pretty good because it was like a nice remake of the old movies. And then once the Millennium series came out after GMK, I'm just it became so boring. Even the new Godzilla movie is kind of boring, the legendary movie. So this is just something different. This is something that needs to happen to Godzilla. They need to break the mold, do something completely different really bring Godzilla back to his nightmare roots. So I'm, I'm all for it. So it is, I'm all, I'm all about it. It's paying homage to the, the 54 Godzilla. Yes. It's almost a, a, I want to say a remake and they're saying it's the same monster as the 54 version. But again, that's not hundred percent true. So who knows? Who who knows? We really don't have any idea exactly what the story is. If it's the continuation of 54 Godzilla or if it's the same, if it's after that, they tried to use the oxygen destroyer on it right. or whatever. So we don't know exactly what state that we're seeing Godzilla in. But, you know, in canon, you know, there is the original movie, of course. But then beyond the original movie is the body of work that is right. now that has caught the consciousness of, of, of the people that all these people rally around everybody's got their version of Godzilla that they like. And I feel like abandoning and throwing all those other people, all those other fans of other movies out the window is a little bit divisive. Well, I mean, think of, you know, I was thinking about this today. Like, you know, uh, you know, like what can I, what is my opinion on all this? And can you imagine being a fan of Godzilla movies in the fifties and sixties and the original Mothra versus Godzilla where, where Godzilla had the hooded eyebrows and, and he looked menacing and he was a total villain. And then, Fast forward like was three years later to Son of Godzilla, and he's friendly, and he's a father, and he's all he's like a nice monster. And I, can you imagine being a fan back then and seeing Godzilla go through such a drastic change? And in every movie, Godzilla looks completely different, which is even more jarring to to you know to the average viewer. So I mean, then there was a superhero Godzilla movies of the seventies where he's like a good guy, and little kids love him. So Godzilla's always been changing and evolving. I think after the Heisei series of the nineties, I think he just got kind of stagnant. And then when GMK was released and it changed a lot, his, it changed his origin. People sort of freaked out a little bit and wanted to go back to the way it was. And I mean, the nature of life and movies and creative creativity is always changing. You have to keep changing. So for you guys, would you compare this to the last Toho Godzilla design? How does it stack up better, worse? And what was the last, what was the last final wars? Final wars. Final Wars, he looked kind of like a rat. Oh, <laughs> that was the rat. Yeah, I remember that. Like a rat face or a duck face. Um, yeah. Otherwise, he had all of the initial Godzilla trademarks. Right. Um, every down, down to like the teeth, the, the, the pointed ears and the bony, uh, the spines on his back with that maple leaf pattern, the three yeah. rows. Everything else was, was very, very close. It's just that face was not there. Um Rugs, are but, you dis- are you disappointed that this is the final and there aren't three suits? And yeah, I I I, ha- I have nothing but disdain for this. Rug boy does I'm not hoping, like this Godzilla. <laughs> I'm hoping that um that the movie, like you know, you never know when you see something that out of context, it might not look so great, and you never know in That's the movie true. it might it might redeem itself. But I also saw Attack on Titan. And I wasn't really impressed with that movie by any means at all. So I, I don't know. I'm not really have a lot of a lot of faith. I mean, it looks good. Like the um, 
the tone of it is good. There's a, like there's good um, scenery to it, but it's just such a wacky, wacky movie. For me, this, so, this design, though, as like not as a hardcore Godzilla fan, just kind of looking at these new shots, like he definitely does look fucking freaky and creepy. I kind of like seeing the the muscle structure underneath and the, the rawness of it. But I agree with you guys. He needs some fucking eyelids because it looks goofy. Well, they're burnt off. That's that's what I read off. about it. His oh. eyelids are burnt off, which yeah. I was like, oh, that that makes that's like two face. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, but like he's all he's Godzilla. one face. He's I all mentioned fucking, that back the in the face, first time yeah. that we saw it. <laughs> so, uh, uh, oh, when we first talked before. about this on the air, um, I said, like, basically, my opinion of it is that they they took 54 Godzilla and burnt off all of the extremities. Yeah, so they burnt much. the ears off, they burnt the eyelids off, they burnt the lips off, and he's got these big gashes and keloid scars all over his body, um, yeah. which is fine, but. I don't understand the need for the goofy teeth on top of that. The teeth are all jacked. And, uh, but like, you know, whatever. I'm like, as I said, I, I, I said my piece about it. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the long neck, the big swan neck. He's got a really ridiculously long neck on this. It's pretty long. Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you know, there's things that I don't, I don't know how it's going to look like suit wise. I remember when um, GMK came out and I, I loved the, the shape of the suit, but when I actually saw it on the suit actor, yeah, it looked weird. You could see the guy's head poking through his neck a little oh, bit. No. A hump and he had a big gut, and it just didn't yeah, look right. It, just, it was off. It was yeah. off balance. I like but that. the let head me, on that model is amazing. On that one, let me interject on the what I thought about this this suit. So, obviously, we've kind of talked about the face before on the air, and I still have the same problems like Rugboy with the teeth and the eyes. I, to me, it looks goofy. I am willing to concede that. The burn victim thing is a cool idea. I don't know if it's executed that well, but we're looking at still images and I'm willing to give it a chance on film because the way they film it might uh, make it look better in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, the only right. thing that I really don't like is his arms look really skinny. Yeah, because like, they gave him such a long neck that it makes the arms right. diminutive by, well, e- by even, proportion. Even if you look at his wrists though, like there's the third image oh, that we yeah. linked yeah. where his wrists are like maybe... I mean, maybe two inches in diameter. Like they look really skinny compared to the rest of his body. And I get that maybe his like muscles burnt off, but it makes him look sort of like T-Rex. It just looks goofy to me. It looks like they put a different arm on his body because the rest of his body is really muscular still. But then his arm is like it's, really skinny. It's like a little kid's hand attached to like yeah. a big bodybuilder. So um, that, that's the thing that's getting me a little bit. I, I Overall, my initial thoughts when Imran showed this to me is why I didn't like it. But I'm willing to concede that being a burn victim Godzilla is yeah. different and cool yeah. and they're trying something and it could look good on film. We, we got to see what the movie is. I mean, that's right. the, at the end of the day, it, if the movie's great, we're going to end up, you know, kind of being romanced by it, you know, in some fashion. If, yeah. yeah. If, it, if it does like John, like you said, if it does take the horrific, tragic, you know, monster look and it, and it sounds like that's what they're going back to. Uh, yeah. That sounds cool. Like I, I would it's, watch that. It's, to, it's the total nightmare, you know, total nightmare Godzilla. He's raging against humanity. That's the story they're going with. I mean, and that's fine. Uh, listen, I, I, I love that story. That's a great story. And I, and I, this is what I keep telling people. Do you remember when they cast Heath Ledger as a Joker and everybody yeah. like people broke the internet and he, he won an Oscar and it was amazing. I mean, just give it a chance. Like, I just want to see it in action before I make a judgment. I mean, yeah. when I, when I look at a set that we paint, under like work lights, it looks horrible. But when you see it on a show, it looks unbelievable. 
So you just got to just, you know, like Rug Boy said, just wait for the movie to come out. We'll see how it looks in action. And if it yeah. looks like shit, then guess what? We'll be on the show saying it looks like <laughs> shit. You'll and it should burn in hell. And they all should die. And then it'll be a great show. Okay, so you watched Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. You're going to keep me up all night now. Did you no, no, see no. it? But Yeah, you I, did see it. Okay. I saw it, yeah. So you now you have opinions about that that are very negative. Okay? Very negative. And I'm with you on a lot of those, by the way, those opinions. I, I listened, look, I listened to the podcast and you, everybody said everything that I've had a problem with the movie. Okay, uh, everything absolutely. was said in that podcast. But we're not really close to Star Wars. You know, we're like removed. We're, we're fans. I think that right. there's this feeling, especially among uh, Godzilla fans and especially like people like like August uh, who are very close to the source material, who know these people, who are friends with these people. That's how he gets the scoops. OK, I think that they try and sway the people from hating having an opinion about mm. what the Japanese are doing, like everything the Japanese are doing are held in high regard. But we criticize Lucas. We criticize Steven Spielberg. We criticize the, like the biggest geniuses of our of our time here. But we can't right. criticize uh, these guys just because they made a. They, they made a Godzilla movie and we're supposed to like re- be revere Toho. No, I think we should hold him to no. a standard just like Star Wars. Wait, so do no, you think I, I, August is like he's, he's trying to like uh, damage control this? I know. I, I don't. I think that he's got these inside sources and he doesn't want to burn any bridges. Mm. So he's not going to play it that way. He's not going right. to play it that way that he's going to just shit on it. I mean, that's for us to do, you know? So uh, I don't have any ties to the Godzilla world. So, I, you know, I could say what the fuck I want and not worry about repercussions. You know, and that's that's why it's great to be a rug boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. there's more than that just being great, great to be a rug boy. But, but I'm just saying, sometimes I think people yeah. are too close to it in fandom yeah. and they can't really say, you know, they have to kind of damage control it a little bit. Hand in your we slack can, hole can, we, is another great reason to be. <laughs> we can yeah. only judge what we've seen so far, and, and and we can't make proclamations on the movie just of what we've seen so far. But we can judge the pictures we've seen. Hey, so far bad flick could seen. be great, it and be fucking great. Godzilla could be great. We don't know yet, and these we are don't like, know until we see it. It's we coming out yeah. uh, this summer, right? July twenty sixteen. What? Yeah, you, July. So let me ask you this: as a Godzilla artist and a, a lifelong, and you know all the different versions, what would you change on this design if you were in charge? Well, today, I was like, okay. I'm handing this over to you. Would you change right. anything? I mean, if definitely the arms, I got to agree with Tony. Um, but at the same time, they're going for the 54 look. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I would change. It still looks a little cartoony. And if it's going for a, a realistic look, it's going to be hard to pull that off. So I, at the same time, it's a Japanese Godzilla movie, so they're going to make it however they want to make it. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know what I would change. I mean, it, it is what it is, so to speak. But I, I probably would change the arms and the eyes. Right. Those are the only two right. things. The eyes bugged, bugged the hell out of me. Oh, yeah, That's they should have just left thing. them without any corneas. Yeah, just, just like, like yeah. Just, just yeah, the whites of cool. the eyes. That would have been... If they could do that in post and fix that, that probably would help a lot. You mean just a pupil then? Like, no yeah, way. they did that with GMK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did that. Yeah, and it worked. That it worked. would look make it more menacing looking, probably. Yeah, I believe. Because I don't think those eyes are going to do anything that are going to be that expressive. They look like he just someone just shoved the finger up Godzilla's slack hole. <laughs> he's like, he's woo! Like, he looks like yeah. this. Woo! He looks like he's done a big <laughs> line. Like it did a lot, big line of blow. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> he's cracked yeah. out, dude. Godzilla is cracked out, and as well he should. They burned him up. When do you think yeah. we're going to see a trailer, John? Like like a revised trailer with actual Godzilla footage in it? Uh, I'd probably say springtime, I think, because they're still shooting it. They're doing reshoots right now in oh, Japan. Wow. wow. Mm. Yeah. Do you think there's so, going to be a villain, or is it going to be, or not a villain, but a another monster for him to fight? I no, I don't think so. Uh, really, the tag the tagline out of Japan was Godzilla versus Japan. So I think they're going oh. for a full on fifty four redo. Oh wow! Oh, so I think the enemy is going to be a Super X or something like that. Super X? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they're going to go the futuristic uh, mech warfare look. I think they're going for a very realistic, almost Cloverfield kind of feel to the story. Oh, okay. yeah. That's the okay. vibe I'm getting. Right on. Uh, uh, John, you painted any, uh, for guys that don't know in the blab and the listener, John is a scenic painter for TV shows, which is awesome. You got any, uh, look, he's wearing, and right now he's wearing his painted shirt right from work. I haven't gotten changed. I've been home for like four hours. I'm still wearing my paint. <laughs> Smelly. What were you painting? Uh, anything you can share? I know you're in the industry. You can't reveal. You got any, any what would you paint something cool? Uh, lately? Uh, yes, it's a, a hit NBC TV show that's actually on tonight Ooh. at 10, I think, so oh, everybody should go watch it. Thursday, January 7th is what he's talking about for podcast yes. listeners. Thank you, Tony. Um, something cool while well, we're painting a well, uh, a big well. That's Wait, you actually can't say, going... you could say the name of the show. Is it The Blacklist? It's... I didn't say it. You said that it name. Might be, that means it just, might be. I just took list. a shot in the dark. <laughs> That's a yeah. huge show, man. It's got huge fans. It's a dark too. Well, now that you said the name, I can't say what what I painted or what the story was. I don't want to get fired. I like my job. Damn but it. <laughs> I will say this: that it's going to be uh, morbid and disturbing, and it's going to involve someone you didn't expect. Do you watch? Killed. Do you watch the show? Not really. I don't have time. I just, I don't, it's not, I just never get a chance to watch it. I'm I curious. I watch film it. I'm, cu- it. I'm curious if you watch the show and you're like, huh, I could have painted that a different shade or that didn't really work or we you can try even, something honest, here. You don't see it. See what? the way our heads look? That's how you see the show. It's, that's, it's every, it's all close ups. You don't really see a lot of what we do, unfortunately. What the fuck are you painting? What's the point then? Hey, that's his a job. paycheck. <laughs> a weekly <laughs> paycheck. <laughs> I would just want a, I want a shot on just a floor and a cupboard just so I could see John Pilates work. That's all. Just well, here it is. You give them options. You paint this giant set and you give them options to move around. And, you okay. know, honestly, okay. you do see most of our work. So you, it's you like, see it. it's yeah, it's like dark. the whole background is your work, really, wherever the camera cuts. Yeah. To. That's cool, dude. I would just geek yeah. out all the time if I saw my fucking work on TV like – uh, I was like, oh, I'd be endless. It. Imran would be Holy showing you pictures shit. of. I'd be like, look at this! Look at this! <laughs> look at this chair! Look at this! Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. All Bigger right. Legs on this thing. Uh, anything else on Godzilla? Any other thoughts? I have us? one more thing. Okay. I, I want to leave John Bellotti with one thought. Okay. Okay. The one man that can correct me. Okay. Because I know Anthony can. Um, <laughs> okay. Now, if we go back to 1954, Godzilla. Ooh, right. I, I watched Gojira. I watched the Japanese one, uh, you know, and I remember it pretty well. And what they said was that Godzilla was an amphibious sea monster that th- the fishermen used to like pray to, and then that the hydrogen bombs woke him up. They never fried him with the bombs. The only that time that Godzilla got fried up was from the oxygen destroyer. So, you know, if that's the case. Would Godzilla be burnt and have keloid scars a, a la a nuclear ho- – the oxygen destroyer is not nuclear. It's, it's, it, it, it destroys all the oxygen. 
So that I feel like the whole theory that they're hanging this thing on is completely erroneous if you're sticking to Godzilla 1954. Oh, you're That's saying if this is yeah, if this is like a um a continuation from the movie, it doesn't make sense. But if it's a completely new story, it's if, if it's basically a remake of the original, then it could work because maybe he was a dinosaur on an island and they, yes. they bombed the island and he became irradiated and blown up and shredded and yeah. Then it works, but no, I I, I agree so with what I you're saying. I get confused when people keep saying like, "Oh, we're we're doing an homage, we're doing the we're we're doing what the '54 movie was supposed to do, and we're going to remake that '54 movie." Well, they're just they're they're rebooting it in a way where they're actually changing the story. Well, so that's I why it, people a lot of people get confused by this whole theory. I think that's the thing. It's just everybody's speculating because they're Soho for the first time is going the Hollywood route and not giving anybody information, which is great because this is what Hollywood does. And they get people interested in talking about a movie a year before it comes out. So Toho's doing it. And you know what? The pictures leaked, which I think, I don't think they were leaked by accident. I think they leaked them on purpose because they do that over here to look like, Oh my God, they were leaked. And, uh, it gets people talking, and it was trending on the Washington uh, was it Huffington Post. It was oh, like yeah, trending. It was, it was, it's been it was everywhere. A big story, yeah. The, this, so it was good publicity for them. You know, six or seven months before the movie came out. But isn't it is it bad publicity that like a lot of people hate this shit? No, I ju- it just gets people talking. I mean, everybody hated on Heath Ledger, and they ended up like kissing his ass when he left the theater. So people are going to go to this thing. To, it's remember that uh, in Manhattan or New York, they had that. Um, that art show, that Giuliani band. I can't remember what it was. Was that the, the Piss it, Christ? Yes. Uh, Piss Christ, the, the Virgin cover, uh, Virgin Mary covered in like in horse shit, shit or, something. or something. Yeah, I remember that. I think I was in New yeah. York when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that. And it got all this bad press. Everyone, oh, it's disgusting. And Giuliani tried to ban it. And it became like the biggest show that museum ever had. The line was out the door. Millions of tickets were sold. So it'll get people going to see this thing. So if this is a planted leak, then it's very smart. Because in a lot of these articles, I see this tweet from that Cooper guy who doesn't have a lot of followers. And I'm like, how the fuck did this guy get these photos? I keep seeing at Cooper Castile is like the tweet they embed. So it's very weird how these things got out. Yeah. Well, they were leaked. I think it's all planned. I think it's all I just don't wonder if they thought that they were going to get so many people like because I like the I've read all the comments like I've read every comment. All right. <laughs> yeah. And there's like maybe like four guys that always defend it. But then there's like 60,000 guys that are like this. sucks. <laughs> so it's like I wonder what they're thinking over there at Toho. What about uh, John? What about your Godzilla buddies? Uh, what What's the word from them? Do they seem to like it? It's uh, 60, 40. Okay. I want 60 or for it and 40 or against it. Okay. It's got I feel to- like, a, uh, but you know what? The people that hate it really do hate it. It's definitely, <laughs> actually, I want to get 60, 40. I'll give it 50, 50. Wow. I'm getting a vibe that it's 50, 50. Uh, some people are like, let's see what it looks like. Other people are like, nope, I'm, it's not working. It sucks. Well, listen, this is just good for the franchise. In this day and age when there's so much shit for this to, like, rise to the top and have and be trending, uh, it's good for Godzilla and good for Godzilla fans. I, I have yeah. one more statement. Okie dokie. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry to cut you off, Emmer. Oh, I wasn't saying anything. That's okay. He does it all the time. I'm not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that this is the, the, the thing that nobody wants to hear, okay? But Godzilla 2014 was highly successful monetarily. It had a lot of eyeballs on it. It had it's probably the most watched Godzilla movie ever. Yeah. Okay. 
more than 19, 1954, the worldwide uh, market, 2014 Godzilla is the Godzilla that everybody has seen. Now, right. for Toho to do an about face and go four steps away from that or a million steps away from that design and anything that's established in that, I think it's kind of like, yes, giving the finger to the U.S., you know, but yeah. at the same time, I think it's very poor marketing. I think they could have capitalized on it and kind of bridged a gap that would have brought more fans to the Japanese stuff. Maybe they uh, just didn't want to do the same they, shit again, though. Like the- They did that already, though, with the 98 movie. When they said, oh, we're going to remember 98 came out in America and everybody was shitting on it. And Toho was like, oh, my God, uh, this movie was horrible. We got to bring dignity back to Godzilla. And then they made Godzilla 2000. And he looked green, and and he had the, the fins, and he had the the flame breath again. And it was like, okay. And then it kind of just got redundant after a while. So now they're like, we're going to go a complete different route. That's why I'm all for it. Just give us something different for once. Well, for re- you know, for you- reference, I'm sorry. I just want to quickly no, reference uh, domestically. This the recent Godzilla made 200 million in foreign pl- oh. and plus foreign money. It made over 500, almost wow. 530 million worldwide. So. It was a huge success. Uh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. I, I just think that uh, in Japan, especially with the uh, even the Ultraman shows that I watch, you know, a lot of the newer ones, they sort of get into this rut of telling the same story over and over and over. And a lot of times, they, it's almost like they're scared to step out of the box. But Japan, in the last year or so, especially with their new prime minister, has been making an effort to show the world what Japan is made of. I heard they're they're even licensing other famous movie characters besides Godzilla out to whatever studio wants to license them. So if they want to make a Zatoichi movie, the blind swordsman, they can make one over here. They can license these characters. So I think they're trying to sort of step out of the box that they've all been in and trying to make something different. And that's why I'm all for it because they need to shake things up over there in terms of movies and storytelling of their, you know, of their mythological characters that they have Just you know, even man of steel like that, wasn't my favorite Superman movie, but they're trying to do something different, different with version. it. So Toho wasn't involved in the legendary Godzilla at all, like design or, or advice. Just consulting. Consulting. Just consulting, yeah. I mean, I'll agree with Rugboy. Like, that Godzilla movie, it's like it's it's bringing in new fans to Godzilla. And it's, you know, again, it's showing it to a new generation. And it's just good for everyone. And I don't, I kind of like that they're doing something different. Like, the more I hear John talk about this burnt Godzilla, I kind of, I'm a little more interested now. The thing is, you know. oh, fuck, I had something I wanted to say and I forgot it. <laughs> it That's why I, to, I just talked. He's drunk. It I'll forget fell it. out his slack hole. There was that one piece of cotton that fell out, had your thought in there. Damn you. Whatever. Let's, uh, let's move on to the next bit I have. And this came out a while ago. We didn't get to talk about it. And I really wanted to talk about it. It's the images of uh, Benedict Cumberbitch as the awesome Marvel's Doctor <laughs> oh Strange. Uh, Amazing. The best casting I think they've ever done in any superhero ooh, wow. movie. No, that's Chris wow. Reeve. Dude, these photos here, I, I'm going to put this link and there'll be images in the show notes. Here's the link for the pictures. He looks fucking awesome. I look Amazing. He, he, it's dead on strange. I want, I hope they sell that cape. I want that fucking cape. It looks awesome. And just the way he's working his powers, he looks exactly like him. That one shot where the blue shot where it's all trippy and it's like a Almost like an Avatar-looking cosmic verse. I love that. I hope this movie is really weird and out there. They're saying the movie is going to be weird and out there, and uh, it it looks great. I couldn't be happier. Did you, John? Did you see the the concept 
in this second link for the uh, the Sanctum Sanctorum, the concept art of Inside. Um, as a as a scenic artist, I thought you might be interested. Again, it looks awesome. It's it has it feels a lot like the Thor Asgard from Thor. Uh, great yeah. attention to detail. And- yeah, we were, we were actually I showed it to uh, some of my coworkers yesterday. I was looking at that set, and I was like, how I was like, how did he even make that? I mean, did they cut it out with a CNC router? I mean, I don't even know how they did that, but that, God that, bless them. Cause the set looks amazing. That intricate, like the circle, uh, they just yeah. print everything now. Oh, they probably, could probably, they got no, be, no, you got to keep the no. unions employed. It's probably all made out of wooden plaster. Trust me. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Or fat or the, the, the ornamental work, the, in front of the window is probably fabricated somewhere, but everything else is going to be wood on that set. Wooden plaster. Oh, I guarantee it. See, uh, Bilotti's got the inside, man. He knows how to do it. That's awesome. That's right, baby. Uh, so that way, I, I love, they talk about in this article about the spell casting gestures, which to me in Age of Ultron was very important. And like uh, Elizabeth Olsen pulled that off. It's very hard to pull off, but she made it look cool without looking stupid. And he looks awesome pushing this energy or whatever the fuck this is. But the mystic arts, uh, I, I, this makes me more excited for this movie that is coming out in November. I, I, I will rain on your parade a little bit, Imran. Right. You're seeing just one image. You have to see it There's in motion. Images. Anything, yeah. Anything yeah. in image looks can look cool. Yeah, because that, that could. I mean, I, yeah. I know that's all photoshopped and heavily processed. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting Marvel that it'll look good, but we, I wouldn't say that looks great. It's going to look awesome on film. I mean, has, but I has, Marvel hasn't really fucked this up yet. Their costume is on point as usual. The costume is good. Benedict Cumberpatch was a very. I think I've read the the online consensus that was that he's a good casting choice. He would have been. He's a safe casting choice. Everyone was kind of rooting for Joaquin Phoenix just because that had been so out. Nah, I, I wouldn't want to see Joaquin. No. A lot of people were going for that, rooting for that, just because it would have been. A left field choice, something a little different. But Benedict Cumberpatch is a safe choice, and I'm I'm fully on board with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm down with I'm down with the Cumberbitch. That Cumberbitch is great. This movie's coming out November 2016, and uh, I think they also announced Mads Mikkelsen, the guy who plays Hannibal. It's going to be a bad guy, but they don't know who it is. And yeah, that guy just looks evil. Yeah, he, 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 look, he yeah. that's going to be a great showdown. I think Mordo or is all Mordo or something is in Bear this. Mordo. Bear Mordo is in this, and uh, yeah. Tilda Swinton as the Ancient One, which is a nice, nice casting. She's an amazing actress, and the Ancient One could be a woman. Why not? Who cares? It doesn't matter. He's just going to be a magical. Mystical power. No, it's in good hands. I'm excited. I, you know, Marvel's good with Scott you know Derrickson is the director. I'm, I'm most excited because of the director. It's a horror film director, yeah. or a, it's a horror film director. So I'm, I'm glad. I'm wanting to see what kind of spin he's going to put on a Marvel film. Uh, how many films did that guy actually direct? Is it just Sinister? Is that the only he thing he's also ever did? Done? The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, which I heard that was a so, pretty good uh, movie. I just get worried because there's this trend in Hollywood now where like a guy will make like a. $50,000 movie and then they give him the keys to make like a 90 or $250 million movie. And then you get a Josh Trank. Even Josh Whedon. I mean, Josh Whedon, I mean, he came from TV and then he got like this billion dollar franchise and he got burned out by the second movie. So I just kind of worry sure. that yeah, we'll talk they don't that. nurture uh, directors as much as they used to. And they don't, I mean, they certainly don't uh, nurture musicians anymore. But it just we might never have like a Spielberg or a Lucas or even a Scorsese anymore because now they're just plucking guys and making these giant films and you're not getting those 
uh, mid middle budget films like Fight Club or what? Taxi Driver or any of those movies. That's a good so point. That's, that's, yeah, just that's like music, concern. though. You're right. They don't develop artists. They want a, a package. Where's that? Echo Pretty much. From? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. It's just uh, <laughs> you know, I get concerned. I get concerned with my with my movies. Uh, no, but I'm I'm excited. Yeah, he's uh, it's gonna be their their horror genre of uh, horror mysticism genre. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's apropos. It's going to be amazing. You know what? Ant-Man was amazing. We we watched it last week, and it was amazing. And I was like, I don't know why this... I mean, my brother didn't like it, and I was like, oh, maybe it sucks. We watched it, and it was great. It was so different. It was like, unlike anything I've seen from Marvel. I, I feel like Marvel has a really good system in place, a good support structure in place where they're able to pluck these directors that might not have a ton of experience directing huge budget films, but they can put them right. in their, their machine and it just works. But I also think yeah. they do that because they want people without egos, really. Oh, yeah. Yep. Like yeah. Josh Trank blew up in their face. That's why that didn't work. Yeah. They that was want somebody that was they more, can that was control. Fox. They want somebody they can control. Uh, I know a, like, a, like a guy who has uh, no experience with any major money is going to be like, okay, whatever, I'll make it, you know? No, I get that too. And I agree 100%. I think it's a combination of a few things. And that's definitely one of the biggest things. I mean, look at uh, Edgar Wright. He's his, he is his own man. Yeah. He's not, he's not going to fall in line with Marvel when he why, waited too long. Yeah. And he, but he did the smart thing and step out. This is what I like what Marvel's doing. Cause they, they're, they're developing these directors in the Marvel style of movies, similar to how in back in the sixties, when Marvel started, they were developing these artists in the Marvel style of comic books. So that would be kind of coherent and it would kind of, and everyone has their own style, but you know, maybe the pacing is the same. So that's a, that's a great idea. Let, let me jump in again, Imran, and I'm going to jump to one of your points that you have on your news because it only makes sense to follow this up with when we're talking about directors and Marvel. Okay. So you guys noticed Ryan Coogler yes. is now directing Black Panther. Yes. I love him. Oh, really? Yes. And he, uh, he's got a very uh, logical progression to doing it too uh, in, in terms of jumping up to this rank. So he did Fruitvale Station, which is a lower budget right. film. Creed is like a $50 million film. Which has done really well, and now he's right. jumping up to the the big leagues with the in terms of budgets with probably a hundred plus hundred dollar plus million dollar film. But I feel like he's taking the necessary That's a good steps. Step up, yeah, yeah he's yeah. doing the more of the, the the jumping up from one step to a bigger step to now a bigger step in terms of budget. And I love yeah, Creed. It was a great movie. So yeah. Creed, Rugby, you saw Creed? Yes, I did. How, I really enjoyed it. So how is uh how's the direction? It's pretty good. I mean. There's something to be desired in the fight sequences in the boxing ring, mm. but everything else is done masterfully. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just something's missing from those that that bo- the the boxing scenes. In this, my opinion, this is also a great pick just to push the diversity forward. And what Marvel is just great at, you know, they're great at le- female characters. Now you have a black lead in this movie, and you have a black director. That's awesome. I think uh, it's done two movies with highly prominent black or a black yes. lead, the same black lead, but a black lead nonetheless in both. And he's got right. lots of cred respected. Uh, that's very exciting for black Panther. Uh, I can't wait to see that one also. That yeah, I agree. That one's gonna be good. Good jump around there, Anthony, who wants to go, uh, somebody else pick a, pick a thing here. Oh, I, you know what I heard? Yeah. That, that uh, I'm going to TV. Is okay. That okay. Yeah. Whatever. I heard that that uh, that Titans show that was supposed to be on TNT got canceled. canceled. Oh yeah. yeah TNT yeah, is not. Plug. Yeah. You know what? You know what happened? They uh, what happens in Hollywood? Like they'll have a studio head who like love a project, 
And then all of a sudden he quits and a new studio head comes in and he goes, no, nah, I'm not going to do because they want to leave their own mark. So they go, no, nah, I don't want to do anything that that guy wanted to do. So, they just so that's what him. happened here. They had a new studio head uh, came in. He said, no, we're not going to do that right now. I, we're not going to do anything like that. So that's basically I, what happened. I'm kind of glad it got cut mm-hmm. just because I had some casual comic book TV fans come up to me and go, there's a lot of comic book shit on TV now. It's almost too much. Yeah. So it I is. think yeah. we do need to step back a little bit. A lot, a lot of it's, TV. It, it's a lot of DC stuff too, which is right. which is going to be very confusing for the movies because now they're going to have two Barry Allens and yeah. yep. two of, uh, well, I don't even know if they're bringing Green Arrow, but then you'll have, you would have had Dick Grayson in the show, but now you have the Batman Superman movie coming out and you know Dick Grayson is going to be part of that, uh, Universe, that yeah. canon. So I just, I'm kind of confused. I don't know where DC is going. I, there, it's all Nobody hinged does. on. This. I don't think they know where they're going. They don't well, know. They don't. I think, think what they're, they're doing, doing is, is they're they're flooding. They want to be on every channel so that yeah. every channel you turn on is DC content. So you're always getting yeah. DC content all the time. I think they're just flooding the market. Is what their strategy yeah. is. This is true. I don't like that. This shit is all over the place. You don't know what c- continuity fits with what storyline. Which character goes where? Do these people? Well, they're, know they're these banking people? on casual fans not caring that. Yeah. Not trying to connect the dots like that. They're just banking on you getting invested in every DC and show. That, and that them. is Supergirl. That is Gotham. That's the the strategy. Flash, strategy. Arrow. Flash and Arrow. I mean, Flash and yeah. Arrow. I think are a little more. Diff- they're different. They're a little more, and that's Constantine was on Channel Four. Yeah, as on NBC. Yeah. CW is uh, a little more invested in these, uh, but everything. There were rumors on- of Titan, like you said, and Krypton. Oh yeah, and then the Krypton and prequel, Supergirl. No, that's gonna be the next Supergirl. one to go. Krypton. What, yeah. Supergirl? No, no, no. But they're they're Krypton. trying to do a prequel called Krypton. But oh yeah, yeah. Anthony's That's right, not man. We talk the people we've been talking to. They're they're feeling the superhero fatigue a little bit. So these some of these things need to pivot and try different genres. And it's almost like the superhero aspect has to be uh, another layer underneath what the uh, the genre is and it just happens to be superhero and like uh, jessica jones yeah and that's what they're yeah. trying <laughs> great segue anthony Talking nerd. speaking oh, nice. of netflix have you guys see let's talk daredevil season two a lot okay. of the, for first there was a rumor that it was going to come out the same day as batman versus superman oh, shit. and i was like i bet there'd be people who would binge watch the fucking daredevil in the morning and go see batman versus superman but there just came out today or yesterday a new trailer, new poster, and the premiere date of earlier than we thought, March 18th, people. We'll get, wow. to, we'll get to binge season two of Daredevil with John Bernthal as the Punisher, Elodie Young as Elektra, who looks a little Greek in that one photo to me. Uh, I, <laughs> I think she fits the part. Um, I'm going to shit on your new trailer and new poster. There's nothing new about any of those well, images in the trailer or the poster. <laughs> I feel- it, was re- it was recap images on the yeah. poster and recap trailer. Yeah, they're hiding stuff. I don't like that. Wait, so the poster is all – I thought there's – It's cool- all images from I thought – from uh from season one i might be wrong on that there but might I read be like online. one or two like i bet there's a clue cut. in that fucking poster because there's a lot going on here's well, there's I- a smoke the smoke is punisher's punisher's skull i'm sorry to interrupt you. oh yeah no this is what i liked about the trailer if you haven't seen it we'll put a link in the show notes basically it opens like uh you see uh, the top of a chapel and there are these fresco degraded paintings a la the sistine chapel and it is 
key moments from the first Daredevil, tying it all into like his guilt and his uh, his his faith, and then it pulls out and it pulls out, and at the end there's Daredevil standing in the middle, and then towards the end you notice that there's like a, it forms a skull around him, like in the smoke. It's really it's really beautifully done, I think. Yeah, I like I, it. You don't like it? I know. <laughs> nah. Why don't you like it, Rugs? No, because I was just like, there's nothing here for me. Like, there's nothing new. I mean, it's cool graphics stuff. There, there is nothing new. <laughs> like, you know what it is? They just went to one of those media guys that do like the, like, kind of like what Fetty Ponce does. Yeah. Yeah. They you just know, went to like, like an make, After make, Effects. Make guy. a marketing thing. Yeah. They went some to... shit from the old episodes. No, but that, that but that's, that, that was but, but somebody had to make all that original fresco art. Anyways, it's a great way to get psyched. And I can't believe we're getting it sooner than we thought, which is crazy. What'd you Emron. think, Lottie? Oh, go ahead. I know who made the art. I know the entire crew on that show. They film it over in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, the oh, Daredevil show. Oh, good. Uh, right on. Did you get to visit at all? I didn't. No, I've been I've been cooped up on the blacklist. And if I don't have to go to Greenpoint, Brooklyn, unless it's for work, I won't go. Oh, so it's filmed. But the whole thing was filmed in Brooklyn. Pretty much. Yeah. Right on. That's as far as I know. And uh, John Bernthal, the guy who plays the Punisher, said he would get into character of the Punisher by walking across the Brooklyn Bridge or I think the Williamsburg Bridge into the studio every day by himself just to get into that loner mentality. That's awesome. At, in character in his, in the Punisher headspace. Oh, he's going to yeah. Bilotti. What do you think? Uh, what did you think of daredevil and what are your thoughts on season two? Are you excited? I'm excited. I'm, I'm ashamed to say I never finished the first season. Oh, so. shame on you. I know. I know our, ne- our Netflix, you know what happened? We had Netflix and then it expired and it was the summer. We were like, we don't need TV. We're going to be out on the beach every day. And we just never got it again. But uh, I know I should watch it. I like the um, the second episode was incredible when they had the hallway fight scene. That yeah. was yeah. it was sort of lifted from the movie The Raid. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it was still amazing because I feel like all these Marvel movie fight scenes, as good as they are, aside from Captain America, I think we talked about this. Yeah. The fight scenes are a little lacking sometimes. So this was really nice to see a practical man versus man fight scene with no CGI. Easily the most realistic fight scene out of of any Marvel production. Like those guys would get back up. He was getting tired. He was falling over, throwing punches. Uh, It was great. Uh, And uh, speaking of Netflix, uh, they've had a huge rollout. They are now in 190 more countries, meaning lots more people can binge watch Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Some of our and listen- making a murderer and making a murderer. Oh, <laughs> snap. Listen, listeners, some of our listeners may be in countries where you're getting Netflix. If you binge Daredevil, Jessica Jones, definitely check out our review shows. We did both of them. They're great. Uh, have you guys watched making a murderer? Anyone? No. Rugs? What's it about? Oh, my God. You don't know? <laughs> Dude, this- Yo, should, should I give him the premise? Yes. Everybody is talking about this guys. Shit. Guys, I got to duck out now. It's probably a good time because yes, I don't know nothing about this show. Yeah, go ahead, John. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for no, your thoughts, for man. Me. Yeah, I have twenty. By the way, tw- I have a twenty-minute. I'm twenty minutes. Uh, All righty, we got time limits. But listen, dude, we'll be here uh, like every week. So anytime you want to jump on, uh, just keep us subscribed to us on Twitter and Blab, and you'll see it. And uh, you're welcome back anytime, Johnny. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night, and I will see you guys soon. Have a good night, John. Awesome. See you later. Bye, rug boy. Bye, Star Wars sucks. I hate Star Wars. <laughs> oh, shit. We didn't even get his Star Wars uh, thoughts. Okay. Anyways, Rugs, Making a Murder is just about the only thing that everyone is talking about for the last two weeks. So it's, I found out about it through social media. It's like gone really viral through social media. But 
basic premise is it's a documentary on this guy in Wisconsin that con- convicted of rape, sp- spends time in prison for 18 years, and then gets exonerated because he didn't do it. He sues the county that he got uh, convicted of this rape cause for, for $36 million. As he's suing this county, he gets put back in jail for murder. Okay. In the same county. Yeah. And that's but just the do t- it. Well, yeah, that's spoiling it. <laughs> that, well, but they don't actually uh, tell you. I'm not going to watch it. I don't think so. You can tell. Okay. Me. Sp- I- we'll hit the spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, this one. Be spoiled. It's all the evidence. A lot of the evidence that we have seen. Granted, it's a show that is documenting 660 hours of trial in 10 episodes. Um, all the evidence that we have seen is that it seems like he was set up by the, by the police. I, you know, this, I went through the same emotions I went through listening to the first season of serial podcast. Cause every like 15 minutes I'm like, Oh, he's not guilty. Oh wait, maybe he is guilty. No, I don't think he's guilty. Wait, I think he did it. I, I think he, I think he's, he's not a perfect individual. This is a very simple person. And, uh, from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, which I've driven through on my way to Door County, uh, incidentally, Manitowoc, home of Agent Phil Colson and Stephen Avery. Figure that one out. Uh, but Stephen Avery is the, the guy that's Stephen Avery. Him. And so his IQ is 70. He's not perfect. He's done shit. He's flawed. But I don't think he did this, man. The whole thing is a mess. It's really exposing the uh, the criminal justice system at the state right. level, at the local sheriff level. Manitowoc County sheriffs do not look good in this. In fact yep. – I but saw, isn't it like the West Memphis Three and all those things? It's the same shit, isn't it? Similar. Those guys were also just like backwoods kids who they just picked up and 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 they needed someone to put this on. This is a little more intricate in, in that, like, it's such a small town. The families know each other. There's a little bit of uh, spite and revenge, and I don't know what. And like, it also it's commentary on how poor people can't catch a break sometimes. And this shit. It's happens. commentary on that, and it's more even uh, commentary on just how little evidence it really takes to convict someone of, of being guilty and, and uh, how it really isn't innocent until proven guilty. It's guilty until proven innocent. And this shit happens all yeah. the time. Right. And, uh, and especially in this era of like people and the, the, the cops, the bad rap cops are getting, it's very interesting, uh, it's very interesting. that this came it, out. It reminds me a lot of West Memphis three. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I remember in the early 2000s, there was this huge online campaign that like was all these chat rooms and all that stuff. And it was like this viral thing that the West saved the West Memphis three. They didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. And then all these documentaries came out. Those are great, too. Yeah. And I think that serial piggybacked off that. And then this piggybacked. Well, now it's the big thing is to let's do let's explore a case in 10 episodes or and let's not tell you, you know, it's not about it's not a whodunit. It's just like an exploration of this and it leaves it up to the viewer. It's all I said. Anytime there's a murder mystery. That always gets people really excited. And then when you throw in the fact that it's real, then even like even though Imran said it's not a whodunit case, it's still playing out through a lot of fans as a kind of a whodunit thing. Listen, people, gotcha. people binge the shit out of this. Highly recommended. Making a Murderer on Netflix now. Check it out. I probably won't watch it. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, There's no capes in it. Superman's not in it. My Spider-Man's not in it. Yeah, there's Your spider the, shits will not take the hot chicks in it. That's the only other reason. I'd oh, you know what? I did want to mention, Anthony, there was that one reporter with the library glasses that they will cut to. She was very attractive. Every time she came on the screen, I deliberated all over myself. 
I almost Whoa. watched it. What <laughs> are you talking about? The, what? One, the, the one, remember the one uh, reporter? She had she was a brunette and she oh, had those yeah, glasses. Yeah, she was a good looking chick. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was agree. like, what the fuck is she doing up in Manitowoc? Uh, she was great. It's worth it to watch her alone, but she's the most attractive person in the, well, the show. I'll, I'll answer what, what a good looking chick like that's doing. It, I have a friend that's a, an attractive reporter that yeah. works her way up, and you literally have to start, start at the smallest you, fucking town. Yeah, I think, she, I think she was up, a Green Bay reporter, and they sent her there. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to work your way she's up. Probably, and she's probably not even from Green Bay. No, no, you got, no, clearly she's not from the Midwest. Like, but I guess you got to work your way up these markets. Good for them. Uh, not related, but I dated a weather girl once. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Did she? Uh, uh, a Telemundo weather, weather girl? Brazilian weather uh, girl? <laughs> I don't know where she ended up, but did, she was a weather girl. Did she point out storm fronts while you were making out? Yeah, she said there's some pressure coming in from the north. Oh, pressure from the south. <laughs> I'm pushing her head down to my balls. Oh, shit. There it is. Uh, well done, Rugs. All right. Uh, next thing, guys. I don't know. I'm just going to go to this one. James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, has apparently seen like a rough cut of Captain America Civil War. And he says it's awesome. And he says Tom Holland is amazing in this. And uh, I just I, I just think that's cool because uh, he – I mean he is a Marvel guy. But um, for him to come out and say it, I think uh, this movie is going to be fucking awesome. He wouldn't say something bad if it was bad. So. Right. And so uh, he got to, he but got, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. He, the, the, that just hypes me up. Yeah, just, absolutely. Like it's still probably, they're still probably putting some finishing touches in there. So who knows like what stage he saw it at. Speaking of gardens of the galaxy, also Kurt Russell in talks to play uh star Lord's dad, which is fucking another perfect casting. Their casting is so good. Marvel's casting star is dad. So good. Star dad. He could be like, that's it's, that's a perfect choice. He's a fucking, he'll be a great asshole father. It's amazing to me that Marvel is like getting like Robert Redford, Tilda yeah. Swinson, yeah. you know, yeah. Kurt Russell, Kurt you know, Russell. the names that they get, Tommy Lee Jones, like these actors that are really good, actors and actresses are really good to play in a superhero film. Like yeah. who would ever thought? It's just absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, I think, uh, you know, the more this happens, I think more of these big guys are like, man, I want to get into one of these. I want that's what I think, too. These people as, as a lot of these actors and actresses, the big names are like, that's kind of a bucket list. I want to be in a superhero film now. That's my thing. Now, Whether it be Marvel or DC, I mean, whatever. Yeah, I mean, even the new guy, Cumberbitch is Khan, and he's fucking Doctor Strange. Like that, how awesome is that? And he's Sherlock Holmes, and he's a really good Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, which there's but a, so is Robert Downey Jr. He's Sherlock Holmes and Iron Man. I like him better as Iron Man than Sherlock Holmes, though. I think. But Robert Downey yeah, Jr. did RG, first. Uh, he did. Also, James Gunn is going to shoot this movie on a fucking red weapon, eight K. Camera, a, a, a camera. What does that, that do? It, I don't know it's what that means. super, super high resolution digital camera in a small package. Now, in this article, uh, I'll put the link in here. But what does that mean? What it means is that he can get a lot more detail in uh, post production. He can. It's easier to to add the special effects because he doesn't have to convert it from film. Uh, and then he also mentions that. The, for the size it is, he gets to shoot in a in a really interesting uh, point of view that's inside something small. So I don't know what that is, but he's that's putting the camera up his ass. He's got a it's an <laughs> asshole cam. Welcome to the microverse. Up my ass. He's using an endoscope to, to film <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. I would like to see an 8K endoscope go right up my colon. Oh shit. Uh, it, it just means that the, this, I mean, the human eye can't even see that much fucking resolution, but it just means that this movie is going to be super detailed and super visual and it's just going to pop off the screen really awesome. 
That's like yeah. when I hear that, I just think about all the assholes who are like, I just got a 5K screen. I'm like, there's nothing in 5K, no. douchebag. Even there's nothing in 4K even yet. And it, a little bit, I think it's a little overkill because your eyes can't see all that detail. At some point, you don't need any more resolution. It's Is, isn't most sharper. of Guardians on the Galaxy 2? I mean, I, lot, granted, a lot of it was set pieces, but isn't a lot of it green screen too? So yeah, that's a lot, uh, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the space scenes. I feel like, but they space built that scene, set yeah. and the, the jail set. I think that's a set. But, I mean, uh, is the problem with the Marvel movies is they're not clear enough? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Who no. cares? <laughs> like, I don't get it. I want to see up Rocket Raccoon's asshole. Like, if anything, <laughs> the grain of film, it, it, the lower resolution makes things easily more uh, – you can hide stuff better in it. Well, I mean, you can hide effects and stuff better in no, it. No, well, that's so – the ultra clear makes it actually harder for them to blend those shits together. Well, that's kind of what he said in this uh, Facebook post. He says a lot of guys shoot on digital and then make it look like film. He wants to use this technology and push it forward and and use all of the resolution to his advantage. So here's here's three here's he says three three reasons to choose this format. It's easier to seamlessly incorporate massive amounts of visual digital effects, including a digital tree and raccoon, into a digital base. And then he says, one of the ways I capture my actors' performances is by doing massively long takes. And film reels are like 11 minutes. He says, it's, I find it a better way to capture the energy and rawness in a performance because you could just keep recording. And then what I said, he said, Guardians of the Alex 2 will be utilizing another new technology I'm very excited about but can't quite go into yet. For this technology, you'll need a camera, the small size of the red weapon, and but we don't know what he's shooting. So that's going to be awesome. Mm. Okay, sticking with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Josh Whedon. He's done, people. Done. He's done. Peace out. No more Joss Whedon and Marvel. That's all right. We got the Russo brothers. Well, yeah. I, 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 think, I think it's a good handoff of the torch to the Russo brothers. Anthony, what do you think before you leave? Do they want um, it? Yeah, well, they, ha- they have they're, it they're now. In. They have it. I would say, I mean, not to sound like we, I don't care about like his feelings or whatever, but they used him up and spit him out. And if he's like... If he's not, if he's burnt out, and then I don't want a burnt oh, out yeah. guy making Marvel films. Exactly. That's cool. Whatever, get it. he's done. Uh, he's I, I will miss hopefully the Russo brothers, and I think they can handle it. I do. I will miss his dialogue because some of the scenes in Avengers and Avengers Two are the, some of the best scenes are just them talking. Yeah, and he nails them. He nails their characters every time they talk. So some of that I'll, I will miss. I won't miss. You know, I won't miss his. I, I don't think he has the best. A sense of visual scale sometimes you know he does come from a tv background so i won't miss that and if he's burnt out let him let him go absolutely they said the split is amicable he his plans didn't match with their plans he wanted to uh create his own universe which he's really good at universe building if you've seen buffy and firefly and serenity and uh, he really wants to direct the movie with a single protagonist. So I think he's just done with having to shove all these people. Uh, but you're right. If you are burnt out, step away uh, and not hurt the product. Let the next guy take it. I'd be interested to see what Joss Whedon does. I mean, yeah. I would love to see a, him to do a reboot of Buffy and make it a, a great film. Yeah. And do something great with that. But that never happened. Um, I have some news. That, okay. Yeah. You go. Um, that. It, we should have done it with Godzilla, but Pacific Rim 2 is off the table now. Oh, it's completely oh, done. Shit. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro uh, was trying to push it, trying to push it, trying to push it, but uh, it's come back as dead. Mm. Not surprised. So, I mean, it, it was a fun film, but it didn't If fucking King Kong makes money, if the new Kong Skull, Skull Island makes money, maybe the, they'd reconsider it. They'll light it up again. 
I mean, I'm going to look up the Pacific Rim numbers as you guys. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, it was a fun movie. Uh, I don't really care. It's fine. But well, the, here, here you go. The budget was 190 million. Oh boy! It made, domestically, it made 101. But it, I think it made back its money because foreign it made 309. So it was a huge hit foreign market. So 411 worldwide. But so it, thing, it probably barely made over budget a little I bit. Think, over. I think that the thing with Pacific Rim is the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it wasn't titled Monsters no. vs. Robots. That would right. a million more people wouldn't. Sounds see like it. a porn name almost. And then when people did see it, Pacific they Astro. loved it. When people did see Pacific Rim, they did like it. So you're right. You're right about title because. Pacific Rim, it, to me, it seems like a movie about a Japanese World War film. Or a disaster, or, or like an earthquake, or a volcano. Like, that Pacific or, Rim is where all the earthquakes are. And, you know. Or a uh, movie about having your butthole licked in, in the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific Ass Rim. That's yeah. a... <laughs> I'd go see that. Let's have Guillermo del Toro make would, that. Would you really see that? You, you fucking pervert. What the I want to see. I guarantee you, right now, Google Pacific Rim job. There'll be a Pacific movie. Rim I guarantee job. it. I want to see robots licking monsters' assholes. Is that too much to ask Throw for in 2016? Bar, and I guarantee you, you'll see a. You think porn. there's kaiju fan porn out there? There's I'm gotta be. Oh, there. Yeah, the deaf. Fuck yeah, there is. <laughs> I wonder if the kaiju guys like just like demolish the furries and like dom- oh, dominate dude, them. There's people on DeviantArt. I've seen this. They draw like Godzilla with tits and stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they wow. do all kinds Godzilla of Godzilla with tits. Hey, uh, Anthony, I know you got to go soon, but before you go, will you look up for me real quick? What Star Wars is doing right now? Sure. Uh, because and I-, I, I will. I will. As I'm looking this up. I will just say what the reason why I'm going on air is because I actually have to play a basketball game in an hour. Go stroke a barbell. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, do you even podcast? Uh, no, that look, the jocks got to stay healthy and vibrant. Otherwise, I got a flabby jock on my hands. I'm not going to have that. I'm the flabby one. Rock boy's the felty one. Anthony's the firm one. Oh, boy. <laughs> what? What? Nothing. All right. Anyway, oh, shit. What, uh, Wednesday, it made $6.2 million. Uh, so right now, total domestic is seven hundred sixty-four million dollars. Oh shit! That, so that's does that beat Avatar domestically? Oh, it's beat. It's already beaten. Avatar so it is number one highest grossing movie domestically right now. Yes, it's number one all time domestically. Uh, box office worldwide is one point five seven million. So it's still uh, as of Thursday, January seventh, all time worldwide. It's fourth. Wow! Wow! But it, 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 it's weeks, on though. pace, I believe, to. To beat, uh, it's going to beat Jurassic World. It will probably beat Titanic, and in all likelihood, it might catch Avatar as well. James Cameron, move the fuck over! That it's unbelievable the numbers, the records this thing broke. The reason I bring this up is because uh, there are hints that the Rogue One trailer may debut with Captain America: Civil War. Very smart. So this is going to be rolling. Star Wars is not going away. Also, rugs. I don't know if this is true, but I saw this article. Andy Circus confirms Snoke. Is not Darth Plagueis. And everyone is saying Snoke is Darth Plagueis. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you think it's, it could be a plant, a misdirect by the fucking uh, Star Wars it's people. Darth Plagueis. Because everybody figured it out. They're like, oh, that's like a lost. Oh, you guys are all dead. No, they're not. No, they're, they're in Let's purgatory. give you four no, seasons no. of making you think that they're not. And then they really are. You fucks. Uh, uh, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. I think the fact that off. he came out and said it means that it is Darth Plagueis. Yeah. Of course. Right? They're like, oh, shit, it's they figured the, it out. It's the most intentional. It's like it's Darth Plagueis' ghost. Aha! Technicality, <laughs> you fucks. It's technically not Darth Plagueis. It's his ghost. So I thought that was interesting because uh, everyone thought it was 
Plagueis. Okay, one last thing. There was some interesting about Star Wars. There were some interesting deleted scenes uh, from the script. I'm going to hit this. Uh, I just want to mention two things in this article right here. Put it in here. It says here. Kylo Ren being so emo is explained by his horrific actions. The screenplay noted Kylo Ren is somehow weakened by this wicked act. And then his shock is broken only when Chewbacca cries out in agony. The novelization explained Snoke believed Darth Vader's weakness was the love for his son, Luke Skywalker. By killing his father, Snoke thought Kylo Ren will be stronger with the dark side. But actually, him killing his dad made him weaker. Well, I mean, that has has that been portrayed on film? That I mean, doesn't you know, make sense. Yeah, it's in the it's yeah. These so these yeah, are bits that are in the that. novel in the script. I don't agree with that. So the opposite of this is uh, the next bit is about Ray being pulled to the dark side. Uh, it says after Hansel's death and Finn's injury, it was revealed that Ray had some sensitivity to the dark side. The screenplay wrote, and she could kill him right now with one vicious strike, but she stops realizing she stands on a greater edge than even the cliff, the edge of the dark side. The earth shakes, the earth splits, a gully forms. It's also noted in the novelization that Ray hears a voice telling her to kill him. The voice is described as amorphous, unidentifiable, raw, and powered by pure vengeful emotion. And the audiobook, it is revealed that that voice is Snoke. So a little bit of hints and exposition of Ray being pulled to the dark side maybe would have been nice to add to her character. I don't know. It seems like those are hints that they will might try to pick up upon in the second movie, but yeah, yeah. nothing we've seen on film hints yeah. at any yeah, hints at all. So you can't take it as canon really. With that being said, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop out, but keep going. This, this is good stuff. Peace out. Have a we good luck. Need, we don't need to do the outro. Okay, shoot some. Uh, no, we don't need to do that. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Shoot some. Shoot ba- some threes, Biak. Shoot some threes. <laughs> really, go right, play with some basketball. Oh my god, that one actually applies. Oh, that works. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, have fun. See ya. Hey, blabbers, this is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. We're just going over the week's geek news. Rugs, what do you say we go over a couple more things and uh, see if somebody wants to jump in and hang out with us? Not that there's a lot of people. <laughs> What do you want to talk about? How about The Flash Season 2? Okay, we, what do you got? Well, we are going to see Killer Frost on Earth 2 and Eobard Thawne as the reverse Flash returns. Oh, shit. What the fuck is that about? We thought he was dead. Oh, that's cool. Also, Robbie Amell. Remember I kept saying that uh, maybe Robbie Amell's in Earth 2 and Caitlin just moved on way too quick and, and, and you said that. You're like, what the fuck? She's just over him? Well, he's coming back as Deathstorm. You know Deathstorm? Are you familiar with the Deathstorm? Is that that's evil Firestorm? Yes, it was during uh, the Black Lantern shit Jeff Johns was writing in his Green Lantern run where like all the dead people came back as Black Lanterns and or the good people turned evil. It's evil Deathstorm and he's kind of like dark and blue. So I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, that should be interesting. That'll be good. I'm excited for these shows. Well, to you come always back. want to know what they're going to do on Flash because they did all the good stuff already. I mean, they did everything. Like, at what point are they going to run out of ideas? Because they really have hit all the fucking main. Well, shit. yeah, they're digging up fucking Deathstorm. <laughs> so, uh, of course, they're, they're grasping at straws now. Yes, they are. Uh, uh, did you see um, that picture of Pee Wee Herman uh, with as Penguin's father? On Gotham, coming up. Oh yeah, I did, dude. It's fucking. Per- that's great casting. Uh, 
Uh, Fucking Oswald Gallopat's dad. Because he was, the, he was the dad in Batman Returns of Ben that's, right. that's awesome. Like, what a great nod to, to that universe, which really makes me think, like, this is like some weird Tim Burton universe in a, in a no, weird way. No, that's reading into it too much. All oh, right. I wanted to. They're just, they're just like, hey, we're going to, let's get, this guy kind of looks like Pee Wee Herman. He does. So, like, let's just get it back because like, it makes perfect sense. So. <laughs> It really does, and uh, uh, I'm excited. For, I'll still watch that fucking crappy show. It's not. It's. I'm fun. gonna it's, watch. I'm it. gonna watch it. It's entertaining. Uh, next thing, rugs. Rugs. You a Voltron fan? I am. You're an '80s child. Remember how awesome Voltron was? I mean, looking back on it, it's really bad. But like when I was a little kid, it was the greatest thing on earth because like you had four fucking lions. They made one gigantic robot, and then you knew the minute that fucking sword came out. Oh, bye was, bye monster. Shit was going right. to go down. And they always waited till like their backs were against the wall. They were getting beat. I was like, just fucking break out the sword right away. I because always, that's all. That's pride, man. They're like, let's see if we can do it without the sword. And then they pull out. Who? Do, what was your favorite line? I always wanted to be the black line because I just wanted to say, and I'll form the head. I like Sven, but then he he went away. And then oh, Sven the, was like the chubby, the big lunky one, right? No, that's, no, that's not. Sven was the guy who was... The Blue Lion pilot before the princess. Oh, yeah. And then they had the pink uh, outfit princess uh, takeover. Anywho, Netflix, new Voltron series headed to Netflix this year. Now, listen, I, they've tried to bring back Voltron a couple of times, and it's always been fucking dog shit. They have when? Trust me. Look it up on Netflix or look it up anywhere. You'll fucking vomit. Into your Spider-Man no, costume. No, but you, this, is what, this is all they have to do. Did you did you see that Thunderbolts uh, reboot a couple of years back? No, uh, I didn't. I, it was really I good. Saw, I saw Battle of the Planets. Uh, no, the well, so Thundercats had a, had a new show, and it kind of built on that mythology, and it didn't have, like, Yeah, nobody watched it. I liked it. It was so good, because it was, like, it was a little more serious. You didn't have stupid schnarf, schnarf. I think they need to do... Uh, something like that and something like maybe Robotech style shit with a, like a soap opera overarchy thing. Well, why do you think that nobody liked lo- the, the Thundercats? I don't know. I would, I, was that Cartoon Network? Uh, I think Cartoon Network. I think that a, that fucking network just doesn't yeah, know how to keep no, shows. No, because they killed the, the Green Lantern awesome show. They killed Young Justice. Like that that show has it in for good shows. I don't know why. I and really they keep all these shitty shows on yeah. all the time that nobody wants to watch. Like and how, then the ones that I want to watch, they cancel. Like how's Teen Titans go a thing? Like it's for kids. Is that any good I at all? I don't get it. I don't get it. But man, that Thundercats was uh it was really good. So and also Guillermo del Toro's got a, a series called Troll Hunters that's also headed to Netflix. My favorite part about the Thundercats was the hoe. Ho! Oh! Yeah. Sword Cats. Ho! Oh! That was like his his uh like his his uh prostitute mating call. What happened? Did yeah. like all the planets hoes show up? I love <laughs> yeah. uh Sword of Omen. Give me sight beyond sight. Lindsay Lohan just shows up. Lindsay Lohan's like, hey guys, uh, you called? You said ho. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, we got Xander Berkeley playing uh, this character Gregory in season six of The Walking Dead. Gregory uh, in the comic books is uh, runs this other community called the Hilltop, and uh, I believe a couple shows back we talked about how there's all these factions. So we're gonna meet another. We're gonna meet the Hilltop Colony, and he's kind of uh, he's kind of a, a, a squirrely little character. Like he's looking out for his own, but he's uh, on the surface he's really smiley and friendly. But I don't think you can trust. Uh, Gregory 
right away. Yeah. Anybody who doesn't go by Greg, I don't trust. <laughs> but Xander Berkeley. Call me Gregory. No, Gregory. Like, Xander Berkeley's a great actor, so I'm excited for his uh, addition into the cast. Okay. Uh, what else we got? I saw – here's a funny thing here. Uh, the, the Superman Wonder Woman annual that just came out, and my sister sent me this, uh, has a scene in Pakistan, right? And you know how in, in comic books, people speak other languages, they put them in brackets, and then there's like a little asterisk, and then it says translated from whatever, right? So in this issue, they're in Pakistan, and it says translated from Pakistanian. Lame. Uh, motherfuckers couldn't Google what language do you speak in Pakistan. It would have taken it- two seconds. That's not a thing. There's but no- like, is there multiple languages? There's multiple dialects. You could just pick one. Look, the main. So is Urdu like the? Is is Urdu like the? It's all the same. There's no dialects for the Urdu. Urdu Urdu is actually the official language of the country, and then just and it's not. It used to be English, and they got rid of that. And there's there's different tribal dialects within, but it they have an official language in Pakistan. We speak Urdu, not fucking Pakistanian. It's called Pakistanese, you idiots. No, it's not. It's called Urdu. Uh, they're, they're getting trolled. Why don't you call yourself Urdunians? Urdunians. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the cases where the language does not match the country that it's spoken in. But well, we speak English and we're American. Yeah, see, that doesn't make sense. Uh, they could have Googled that shit. They're getting trolled hardcore by uh, Pakistani Twitter people, which is pretty funny. I think it's pretty yeah. funny. Le- the only other thing I had is, did you see this uh, X-Men Danger Rooms Protocols video? No. Here, I, it's really cool. This guy, it's a web series. Maybe, maybe we get this guy. Is it real or is it a fanny thing? Uh, it's it's a fan thing. Hold on. I didn't put the right link in. And I kind of want to talk to this guy because what he did is he's doing this web series. And it's in the style of 90s video game uh, 8-bit art. But their short series is styled like the 90s X-Men series, and it all takes place in the Danger Room. And it sounds like it's just going to be, like, awesome Danger Room action scenes. It's very well done. Like, I love the look of it. I love the retro feel. Uh, the, the, and the animation's very stylized. Uh, listener, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can watch the trailer. And then the guy comes on, and he explains uh, what he's doing and why he did it. Um, and I was like, well, this is, this is kind of interesting. I love uh, this fan. Hey, show. it looks pretty good. Right? I would love. We should do a show where we just like review fan films and and uh, find really good ones. Yeah, we can do that. I like to do that because there's a lot of great fan shit out there. Yeah, X Men Danger Room Protocols. It's like you want to play it. It reminds me of like the arcade game in the '80s, the stand up console. Yeah, Capcom versus the, Marvel. Yeah, the Capcom game. But I love people doing shit and uh, just doing it for the pure passion and fans of it. It's awesome. Okay. Anything else, Imran? Holy shit, I had a whole page of links here, and I think we've gone through all of them. Oh, here's another one. Uh, you like the Alien series, don't you? Oh, wait. Let, fuck Alien. Did you see the Deadpool, the second trailer? The Red no, Band? I didn't. Oh, you didn't see the Red Band trailer for Deadpool? They uh, just released it? Yeah, it came out It came out a little while ago. Here it is in the chat. Links in the show notes. I almost don't want to watch it because I feel like I want to laugh. Like when I watch the movie, because like when I see a joke, it's not going to play again. And yeah, and, and there is a lot of jokes in there. So maybe don't watch it. It's a good trailer. You see more Colossus uh, and you see there are more. I mean, the lines are great. It looks great. I'm really excited for an R-rated superhero film where the hero breaks the fourth wall. Like they're trying a lot of crazy shit. That's very exciting. 
the Deadpool fans are going to eat this shit up. It's going to be Deadpool everywhere. And I hope I, I want this movie to to not do well, but it's going to be huge. I mean, but the, I mean, it's okay. This it's movie, okay. yeah, it's either just gonna like get buried or it's gonna be huge. Uh, the director Tim Miller does. There's this article on uh, comicbook.com. He talks about. Uh, the rules of Deadpool breaking the fourth wall. This is what he says. He says, Deadpool breaks the fourth wall. Wade Wilson never does. Right? Interesting. So the questions brought up are like, does he know he's a comic book character in a comic book movie? Does he know that he's Ryan Reynolds is playing him and that Ryan Reynolds also played Green Lantern? He says, it's a big rabbit hole. We explore it pretty deep. So to him, he said the big thing was finding a line was and ultimately decided kind of that it's part of his power. So when he's Wade, he doesn't do it. But then when he becomes Deadpool, he he can like talk to this omniscient viewer or something. I really love this idea. Like that's a, I hope that he references that he is Ryan Reynolds and he's in a, a, a superhero movie because he does that shit in the comic book all the time. And it's hilarious. I don't know. Wait and see, because I don't want to spoil any of the jokes. I'm going to watch it. I'm probably going to enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah. But against my own hate for Deadpool, like I'm probably going to like it because it looks like it's going to be funny and cool and, you know, actually. Now, we've different. talked about why you hate Deadpool. Do you hate all versions of Deadpool? Even like because initially the character was like a straight mark created by Rob Leefield. And then Joe Kelly comes in and kind of makes him uh, a goofy uh, slapsticky fourth wall breaking thing. I don't know. I think I would have liked him more if he was obscure. But now that he's so popular, yeah. it just bothers me. Yeah. It's like something weird and stupid is cool if, like, not everybody likes it. But if everybody likes it and I'm like – like, I have, like – I've seen in malls, I've seen kids walk – I'm like, how the fuck do they know about Deadpool? Right? Isn't that like, weird? Teenagers. Like, yeah, that, yeah, it's very strange. Like, little kids who – and it's like not – yeah, it's uh, – I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe they thought it was Spider-Man. You could easily confuse him for Spider-Man. I don't know. I'm like, you guys don't know shit about that. De- when did you ever see Deadpool? There's no cartoon. Right. There's nothing. Video games? So, and they don't they... read comics. Yeah. They're getting this shit at Hot Topic because Hot Topic has Deadpool shit. They just buy whatever's out there. Although Deadpool was in Ultimate Spider-Man uh, in, a, in an episode. And, yeah, uh, but they don't watch that either. Where is this Deadpool getting out there? I don't. How? Who's leaking the Deadpool? Like, where are these fucking little teenage – and there's girls doing it too. Wow. Where like, are they finding Deadpool? Yeah, where is this Deadpool? You're right. They're not reading the comic. They probably don't it even know. no fucking sense. They don't know who he is. They're just fucking jumping on the bandwagon. Eh, it's uh, good for the Deadpool. The bandwagon shit. It's a bandwagon shit, mm. and it's a, it's a cosplay shit. I fucking – I used to love cosplay. Now I fucking hate it. No, it's kind of been ruined. Yeah, it's uh, it's just I don't like that. Anytime something goes mainstream and people just follow and jump on the bandwagon, do it to be cool and do it for attention. I fucking hate it because it makes no sense. Like popularity of something should be because it's good, not because everybody else is doing it. This is the world we're living in, though. And I remember we talked a bit, a little bit about how back in the day for us, it used to be you would find something obscure and it would be yours. And you would just let a couple of people know and you didn't want it to blow up because you wanted to be you wanted it to be yours. And then once everyone was on to it, you're like, oh, fuck this thing. I don't like this anymore. But these days, it's I think it's the opposite. <laughs> Is everybody's jumping on because I don't know why everybody's jumping on. Whatever. No, I'm telling you, it's hot topic. That's what it is. Fuck I'm, I'm stating it here now. Hot topic is the reason, dude. You know hot what? Topic in Walmart. What? You know what? I found at Whole Foods today. I was at Whole Foods and they have a, a poster section, 
And there's 20 inch by 28 posters of Marvel comic covers. Like all these like obscure covers, Silver Surfer, old, old one from the 60s. Yeah, at Whole Foods. I bought the Amazing Fantasy one. They had Amazing Fantasy. I was like, oh shit, I'm buying this. But it was at Whole Foods. That's something wrong about that. Right? What's going on? Our culture is being co-opted. Oh shit. Fucking Whole Foods. And it was made out of organic cornmeal. That was the weirdest thing. I could eat this poster. (laughs) I dare you. Ah, I'm not going to eat it. Uh... I did want to mention one last thing. The new speaking of going back to Doctor Strange, I've been reading the new reboot of the book with art by Chris Bocciolo. Uh, it's really good. It's really well done. What book is this? Just, it's just called Doctor Strange. It's the new because it, oh. it started again at number oh, one. Oh, that's the perfect marriage of art and character right there. Dude, uh, yes. Bocciolo is perfect on this. I forget who's writing it, but basically this is a great introduction. So, listener, if you want to get into the Doctor Strange and you're, the movie's coming up, pick up Marvel's new Doctor. There's only like three or four issues out. Pick up Doctor Strange because he explains the, the Sanctum Sanctorum, the land that it's on. He kind of explains why that house is there. Like that, that exact spot has a history of mystical shit happening for like thousands of years. And they do this cool thing where he walks around and his third, his third eye opens. And then he sees all the other levels of reality. And it's drawn where the, the real world is black and white drawings. And then there's all these mystic uh, creatures in color. And this is him looking through his third eye at actual at all the reality. It is it's a great technique. It's a, it's very well done. And basically, he's like people come to him who have weird paranormal powers. He's like a paranormal investigator. So the first issue deals with this girl. She shows up. She takes her head off, and she's got like these demon mouths in her head. Like there's a mouth with teeth in her head, and then all these demons pop out, and he has to deal with this. It's really good. I've enjoyed. Wow. It. Yeah, it's good. Also, the Vision title is really good. You should read that Visions. It's called the Vision. Wow, I gotta get to the comic book store. I haven't been there in a some while. Of this, some of this new shit, you know, just wait for the trades that are gonna come out. Some of this new shit is really good. No, the guy at the comic book store is probably gonna kick my ass. I have to go there. <laughs> He's like, I got seven hundred books waiting for you here. You don't have like a lister. Of you want to know? He did one time. Yeah. He called me up and he's like, I need some comic relief. And I'm like, what? Uh, I don't know any jokes. He goes, No, I need you to pick up your fucking comics. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh shit. <laughs> I need some – you want me to come down and fucking – Like I just sat there going like, all right, why are you chicken across the road? <laughs> He's like, no. No, no, come, no. I need you to pick up your fucking books. Come get your shit. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to read this email. We got an email, and uh, this can spur some discussion. So let's go to the feedback. Doc and Our buddy David Malofsky – Editor of A Place to Hang Your Cape at AP2HYC writes in and he writes, Hi, Imran, Anthony, and Rugberto. I really enjoyed your episode 69 reviewing The Force Awakens. I thought that Rugboy made some interesting points about Star Wars being the cinematic property, being more fantasy than sci-fi, something I've always said as well, and being a pastiche of things we've seen before. My question is, do you think that Avatar was so successful for the exact same reasons? Despite personally not liking the film, you can't deny its influence on modern cinema, especially when it comes to 3D. And it's similarly a fantasy film in sci-fi clothing. And of course, until now, it was the highest grossing film of all time what do you guys think what do you guys and felties think oh and bring back dd69 cheers david well first of all dd69 uh as uh, uh you guys may not have heard go listen to our star wars review i built a droid that's powered by my nokia cell phone from 1998 
the ba- the phone is out of battery and they don't make chargers for it. So DD69 is out of commission. Uh, wow. Secondly, secondly, it's interesting that he picked up on this because we had an avatar conversation after the Star Wars show, which I cut out. I should have left in because it was pretty good. But we were discussing this exact thing. And I feel like right now it's become cool to hate Avatar just five years later when it's not, it's a, we, we said it's a decent film, right, Ruggs? It's definitely a good film. I mean, it makes more sense than in a lot of ways than The Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a guy. I mean, I don't understand the whole. I don't, look, Avatar is kind of a weird thing, too. Like you have to have you have a guy who they build a, a genetic thing for him to pilot with his brain. Yeah. And then this is the vehicle where they actually this guy who can see into this alien world and sympathize with these alien people that they're ruining their whole entire environment to get this fucking unobtainium which is some bullshit fucking metal. That's a horrible name, by the way. That is a, I think that's a real metal. Oh, really? Well, I don't know, but that's what someone told me. And I think I believe. A, I know they made, that sounds like a made up fucking metal name. Yeah. This is unobtainable. It's out of, let's call it unobtainium. Yes. <laughs> but structurally, dude, the, the movie, it's well paced. It's good character arcs. Uh, Cameron built an ecosystem. It's, it's world a great building. bad guy. That guy with the scar on his face is great. Great bad guy. He did like this is his his. Star. There's multiple bad guys. There's rivals to the to the cause. He does that other guy that didn't want him. The other Indian guy, the other Avatar Navi oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. He it, was uh, he was his chick. He was jealous and shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is Cameron's Star Wars in the sense that he built so much. Uh, backstory, so much mythology. He like developed a hundred species of made up plants just so it could all be accurate. And when it all comes down to it, how can you hate a movie where there's fucking dragons taking down aircraft? Come on. It's got fucking kick ass dragons. I've never seen, look at the bottom line. Did avatar bring you new shit that you've never seen before? Yes. I have never seen a guy riding a bird, before or whatever you want to call it before yeah. like that. Yeah. I have not seen that shit ever before. That's awesome. I have not seen fucking mountains floating in the air before yep. with fucking waterfalls. Yeah, the I have mountains. not seen some of this fucking mech shit that they had that they were fucking rocking out on. Great design. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Really so well developed. Everybody could suck my dick. I mean, I'm not saying Avatar is the greatest movie because it's not. All right. It's a decent film. But for sci-fi, if you're going to compare it to fucking some ridiculous shit that Star Wars is, is and Star Wars is ridiculous. It's both. You're it right. No it's, both, it's both fantasy. And it's it's just weird that like at the time Avatar was it was a huge technological achievement. It brought the 3D market back uh, and it's still the, one of the best films in 3D. And it's something that hasn't been able to be replicated by anyone else. And. It's entirely in 3D. Like, I mean, it's entirely in 3D models. Like, all of those Navi, they're not people. They're like, all they're those people watching it. Yeah. And, you know, th- that uncanny valley is not there. That's amazing. That's you know great. what the uncanny valley is, right? You know what, what that it? is. What was that? The uncanny valley. Is that where the X Men come from? No. <laughs> what is it? The uncanny <laughs> valley is whenever they try and do human beings or anything like that in film, it turns creepy, like Polar Express. Like, you know, they look like they have dead eyes and stuff. 
There was some life oh, to those, that, those yes, things. Yes, yes. Polar Express is creepy. Like, it's too, it doesn't seem right. Yeah, it just seems like no, scary. There is definite right. life to these these characters realize these like just the scale of how tall they were. It was so it was so yeah. believable. So maybe it was a genius thing on him to actually make these creatures that are not human. Yes. So we can get that kind of life. Yes. Because otherwise it would look like these dolls. Like they yeah. do in like when you watch these uh you know, some of these things, like if you ever watch even Beowulf. Oh yeah, that's horrible too. Well, I love that movie, but yes, there is a creepiness to it. It's very creepy looking. It's not quite right. The fact that we were able to connect with these characters in Avatar and just forget that they were Navi and like get to know them, like it it accomplished what it needed to do. Now, don't you think it's funny that like five years he's working on we talked about how he's working on two more. He's trying to figure out how to shoot underwater, which is awesome. And if he does that, Aquaman should just steal however that is. Put yeah, use that because you, you better believe there's going to be new shit there that we've yeah. never seen before. Underwater shit. Uh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. This is I'm I am so ready for like a James Cameron uh comeback that's huge that puts him on the map because moving forward, you got Star Wars, you got Star Trek, you got Marvel. I miss my James Cameron. I miss do you, good Cameron. Do, do you want to know where I like fucking just I already had a boner for James Cameron. Even Titanic, dude. If you go, if you fast forward and just start the movie where the ship crashes, the rest of that movie is fucking incredible, dude. All right. Let me just complete my thought. Okay. I have always had a boner for James Cameron because he is very simple, a very simple director. He gives you what you want to see and he does it in a classy way. When I saw the drawings that he did, when he was supposed to direct Spider-Man. Oh, and I yeah. Saw, like how great those drawings were. Oh, yeah. I'm God. like, this motherfucker is a legit better than a comic book artist. Holy shit. He drew those? I forgot about that. He drew the rose from Titanic, the one that Leonardo DiCaprio, all of his oh, drawings. Oh, he, that way. James Cameron's drawing. That Kate Winslet drawing was by James Cameron? I think so. Uh, damn, he's got some skills then. Like, that's fan- I'm sure he designed a lot of these Avatar things or started the designs. Because that's like straight from his head. Plus, the guy's original. How original is everything he's done, really, you know? Yeah. It's all new shit. Yeah. So, you know, say what you want about Cameron. He gave us new shit. Yes, it stances with walls. But who really wants to watch someone with Kevin Costner? No, anyway? well, but the, but the point, and we, that's what, you know, the conversations I cut out. We made that point that dances, walls, Pocahontas, whatever. It's just a relatable human story that applies everywhere. And he's just yeah. using that as a framework. He admitted himself that he stole it from dances with wolves in space. But it's a human story. It, it's been told over and over and over again. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... Yeah, so to Dave's point, yeah, I think we should talk about it and still and still give it uh, its due. Absolutely, because it's the minute he the uh, like photos and trailers start coming out, everyone's going to be back on the James Cameron uh, bandwagon. There, tell you what, but don't you feel like it's cool to hate it now? It's only been five years, and people are like, I feel like people bash it. No, I mean, like, look, uh, Avatar. It's there are things that that suck about it. Just like anything, there's going to be there's going to be its weak points and. And and things that you can't get over. But in the grand scheme of things, he created something new. Yeah. And it's harder to judge that because you could judge Star Wars because there's all this canon and shit that, you know, you can sit there and compare. All right. There's all these things, these rules that they're breaking, things that don't make sense in the in the in the context of themselves. So James Cameron always like 
he brings thinks you something it, new. And he thinks and, it out. Like he, uh, yeah. he, uh, he has, he knows where it's going and he'll leave clues and he has resolutions and it ties all ties together really well. We talked about Terminator it was the first movie's closed loop. Boom. Yep. yep. Second movie still closed loop. Like very tidy. Any, a lesser director would have left all sorts of like loopholes and shit hanging. And the, the man is, uh, just great at structuring shit like this. I miss a good Cameron movie, man. I'm dying. I'm dying for them. Jones in for the next one. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let's wrap this up. Final plugs, and uh, we'll wrap it up. Don't forget, listener, if you're listening to this before Wednesday, January 13th, uh, join us for Podcast Fan Appreciation Day right here on The Blabs. It's pretty much we're just going to hang out with uh, people, and you'll get to talk to us, which is what we usually do here if uh, anybody was in the room here with us. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. what We had people at the beginning, but... I think we lost them with the Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, we front-loaded it with Godzilla, Look. and that's what we... You know, we got to realize that's a niche thing. It's very niche That's okay. <laughs> Uh, look, follow Rugboy. Where can they find you, Rugs? You can find me on Twitter at Really Rugboy. And that's all you need to do. Just hit me up and uh, we'll talk. If you want to contact us, email show at Jock and Nerd or go to jockandnerd.com slash contact. All the links are in the show notes. You can send us a, a voicemail, uh, Facebook, Twitter. It's all there. Number two. Subscribe to the Jock and Nerd Show. Go to jockandnerd.com slash subscribe. You'll get every show. It's free. You won't miss a thing, and it helps us out. And finally, listener, just tell your best friend. Go up to your BFFFF and uh, give them one of these. Jock and Nerd. And then uh, they'll be confused, and you can then tell them what it is. But turn someone on who you think would love this geeky podcast. Right, Rugs? You tell people all the time. Yeah, I can't stop telling people. Ah, that's why uh, you're the rug boy. All right, gang, thanks for listening. My name is Imran. And my name is Roberto Bambino. He is not the jock, but he is the rug boy. What am that's I? right. And what am I? You're the nerd. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> All right, Rugs, let's talk Kermit and Friends. Oh, okay. You were on yesterday. Okay, so... Um, okay, what happened? Okay, yeah, oh, okay. What That's is cool. Kermit and Friends? All right, well, let's start with what is Kermit and Friends. Kermit and Friends is a, a daily show over on Spreecast, which is another platform similar to Blab, hosted by the lovely Elisa Jordana and Douche Monkey, and she runs the show five days a week in the evening, and it's a lot like this. There's a whole gang of characters. You can comment. Uh, we've been, Rugboy's been on a bunch. I've been on. The Jock's been on. She's really cool. She was on a blab of ours. I'd love to get her on a blab again. And Rugs makes occasional appearances. So you had, when was the last time you were on before yesterday? Was it a while? All right. So basically what happens is the Howard Stern show, uh, You know, one of the guys that writes for the show, Benji, his girlfriend or former girlfriend or whatever you want to call it is Elisa Jordana. And they started this podcast screen, you know, show reality show kind of thing. And it's basically like a whole community of people that jump on talk. And it's just like the soap opera that never ends. So uh, I started going on, you know, with Imran because uh, she liked puppets yeah. and she's like, Hey, you're a puppet. Come on the show. She and loves rug boy. I, 
Yeah, and she loves me. So I was on, and I was going on like quite often. I just kind of like saw this uh, character recurring, whose name was Chris Dickens, God, and he's kind of like this older guy mm-hmm. who they would just focus all this time on this guy. And I don't know, like everybody was talking about how he's so great for the show, and I, I didn't get it. And so uh, the more I went on the more I realize this guy's just a pathological liar. And he just says whatever he said, he, like he tells us that his dog died. He said that his, somebody else died and always wants sympathy. Yeah. And he, he's, Sometimes he's, he cries uh, and then he's like, fine, five minutes later. And then he's like emotional. And his brother. And a he lot of times say- he'll have a breakdown in a cafe. Like he's always like live streaming in public from a cafe. And he's just like saying all the shit in public. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so you didn't, you do know about Kermit and friends. All right. So angel knows she flustered him. So anyway, basically what happens is you go, you get on, sometimes you get on and you talk to Elisa and that's usually cool. Yeah. But then sometimes they're, they're focused on Chris and I'm like, and he's definitely doing shit. That's just to get airtime or for the show. And it, it becomes like, you know, that he's lying for the show to make people like, react to him yeah and so it wears off you know like you, you're you onto his, once you're onto his game you, 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 yeah you're onto his game and then it's either so then the rest of the show turns into the chat trying to either shit on him or other guests trying to debunk him and i just had enough of it so oh, I'm like, man, i like did you call him out i wish i'm gonna have to go watch this because and i did i called him out yes like, that's awesome anyway, oh shit. okay what happened I, I, you know every okay. time i've been on with him i've i've called him out called him a liar but that's like playing into his shtick so i don't have any like hate for the guy but i'm just sick i'm just tired of him like i'm tired of the the, the shtick you know what i mean yeah i'm tired of him coming on lying about something that, that we should feel bad about him for and then you know it's just like okay like it's boring after a while this has been like the, i don't know been doing it for three months and it's, it's so, you know, dude, boring. it's so draining and it's so like i don't know how she puts up with him or but if it's is it drawing in people that like i i guess but so I I stopped going on Elisa's show like like a lot because number one I I'm busy yeah number two like when I get on there the chat just starts ripping me a new asshole and I'm like you know why do you want me on if I'm just gonna get shit on the whole time people their chat you know? is brutal yeah they're funny and, but they're fucking brutal and I can't just be funny when you just throw me on you know, yeah. randomly. Yeah. I have to like either sit in and just kind of absorb things and then I can like riff on it. Well, and that's but, the difference with Spreecast for uh, the viewer here as opposed to Blab where you can click and join. She has to put you on. So she'll just throw you on whenever and you you just have to be like ready all the time, I guess. Yeah. So for me, that's not really a lot of fun like to try and be, all of a sudden be relevant in the, in whatever conversation that they're having. Right. So sometimes I have nothing to say. <laughs> so I find it frustrating, but some, anyway, I, I love Elisa. Yeah, so I do great. go on the show just to talk to her yeah. and get, and just kind of like get to know her. Cause I want to f- have a relationship, you know, you know, you know, and, and interview her and whatever. So those are my favorite parts of her show when you do that. Cause she, yeah. she talks to you. She opens up when you ask her questions. Yeah. And she's pretty open, but so and, and also when I get on a riff and I'm starting to get warmed up to get actually start some haymaker f- jokes, yeah, I get turned right she off. Fucking bumps you. All right. So and so Chris Dickens is also known as Kleenex. So anyway, Chris Dickens has got this sh- been banned or whatever so many times that he keeps changing his name. Oh. So he never came back as Kleenex because he cried so much. Yeah, you it's know? appropriate. <laughs> so 
Anyhow, I'm on the show and somebody came on and insulted somebody and called somebody like, I don't know if it was a fag or something. I don't remember what it was. And I said, that's not an insult. An insult if you call somebody Kleenex, because that's that's the worst insult you can be called. He He didn't like that at all, did he? So he heard it and he called into the show and he's like, I just want to talk to Rugboy because I didn't know that he hated me. Oh, shit. And I'm like, why do you care if I hate you? I'm nobody. I'm never on the show. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm only on like once every three weeks or something. I'm yeah. not even on all the time. Why was he so concerned about your opinion? Yeah. I'm like, so why do you care what I think? If I insult you, I'll be gone. You'll never hear from me for another two weeks. And he's like, well, I'm a big fan of your show. And I'm like, bullshit. Like, like names anybody else on my show. Like, what's the title of my show? Did he know? And he's like, John, he's, he said nerd or something. You know, he really didn't know it. Uh, okay. And. And then he's just like, I'm like, name the guy on the show. He's, he's the guy in the Spider-Man thing. Oh, you know? so he, like, okay. So he may know, you know a little bit. And he called, then, then he called you Enron. <laughs> oh, like, you know, he remembered my name? Wow. So then I'm like, oh, so you think he's a fan? And Lisa's like, yeah, I think he's watched you a couple times. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, well, look, if you're a fan, then you know that all the shit that I say doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. And he's like, uh, and then I was just, uh, you know, taken aback by him saying that he's a fan of mine and he watches my show when I've never seen Chris Dickens pop up on any of this shit ever. Well, look, there's a, uh, I've seen, I think he might be on blab. I've seen him. There's a plus one right here. So someone is watching and not logged in. If Chris Dickens is out there, come on in, buddy. We'll talk to you. Angel, how's it going? I left my game for rug boy. You oh, see this? Look, she paused GTA five. Were you, were you in the middle of like a drive by shooting and just paused it or something? Uh, actually, I was getting killed by hackers. It's getting kind of hard in the game. Some hackers are doing some retarded stuff on the online version. So, how do you like that game overall? You like it? Ah, uh, well, <laughs> I'm addicted. Oh <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Um, I've been actually this week. I haven't played so much, but the first week that I got GTA, I was off working. Uh, I was off of work and uh, I was at home with a friend all week. And I think I played like 67 hours that week. Jesus. And that's like in that game, that's only like half of a stage. That's like one mission. Like that game is way too <laughs> fucking long. That's my only, I don't have 600 hours. Like, do you do like a hundred percent, like do all the shit and all the little side things? Is that your deal? Uh, I did mostly heists and I bought okay. two houses in that time. So they turned, I earned like four million. They turned maybe it into million. they turned it into Monopoly a little bit too, didn't they? Like yeah. Fucking version. Yeah. Well, I, I I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that my love for games really revolves around real estate. <laughs> I played uh, UO when I was like first in games, and I had my little house. And so now, when there's games with a house, I'm like, gotta have the house with the pretty things, and that's all I really care about. I wanted the house and the clothes. Did you ever play uh, The Sims? That sounds like it'd be right up your alley. Oh, I played The Sims, yeah. all right. The Sims is actually the reason that I got a computer in the first place, because I met a guy, and we really hit it off. This is the guy I ended up being with for 15 years. Wow. And when I first met him, he didn't have any TV at all. And he had a computer, and he was like, here, try this. I think you'll like it. And he put me in front of The Sims. 
And he, like, a week later bought me my own computer because he was tired of asking for his back. Like, get off. And The Sims is even a greater fucking useless time suck. Here's a, here's a case. Let me pause my life and take care of my digital baby and my digital dishwasher. And uh, what the fuck? Like, it cre- I would play that and it would creep me out to the point where... I would look up and I'd be like, wait, am I in a video game? In a video game? Like, who's to say uh, that we're not yeah. in The Sims and there's somebody controlling us? It's a, it's such a crazy meta game. That's what GTA Five did to me. It actually brought about that heads in a vat theory. And then I was like, wait a minute. Maybe if we are heads in a vat, then... Yeah. Wait, what's heads in a vat? Like, uh, it's the whole theory that like the Matrix was based on. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. the vanilla sky. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that we're all connected to something. And yeah. so basically the idea that our avatars could be a world too. Like what's to say that our avatars in these games aren't somewhat aware and that exactly. we're not just some game yeah. being played by other people, Exa- right? It's like the Matrix. Like how deep does this go? <laughs> it makes yeah. you question everything. Uh, it really does. That's really awesome. Does. I threw you guys off topic. I actually, yeah, yeah, topic. Uh, I was so surprised to hear the drama. I was like, wow, Rug Boy's like in the middle of drama. Every time I hear about this Kermits and Friends show, which I, I have no interest really in checking out, mm. but it's always drama. Everything to do with the show. That's the show, though. That's pretty yeah, much that's the, the point of the show. It's a, bu- it's a bunch of people that are either shitting on each other or trying to fuck each other's lives. Like we had a guy on last week, John Bolton. Remember the guy was getting phone calls all the time. Oh yeah. One guy was putting his phone number out on, on blabs and stuff. This is how they, these guys are so brutal in the chat, dude. They're, they're, they're hardcore. This guy comes on and goes, uh, New York state lottery numbers. And then he reads someone's fucking phone number and posted in the chat. And we're like, dude, whose number is that? What are you doing? He goes, that's not a phone number, but it's so, uh, it's so crazy over there. Oh, so then listen to this. Yeah. So that guy, John Bolton, that we had on our show last week, or the last time that we had that blab or whatever, he's taking care of his sick mom. Like this dude's like 50 or something. And he's taking care of sick sick mom. And so at one point in the show, he turns the camera so I could see the, his sick mom, like in the other room. Wow. Yeah. And she's legit like a sick mom in like bedridden. And she thought that I was one of his friends. Like I had the same voice as one of his friends, Doyle. And she's like, Doyle, is that you? I'm like, no, it's my point. And I felt really bad. This is entertainment. Well, Doyle <laughs> rules. 3.0. The show is a lot. It, I related to like Real Housewives show because it's it's just, a lot like Real Housewives. Just, Never seen that either. Like, I, I and don't I shit on that thing. yesterday too. They did because like uh, at one point, Elisa was going over all the shows that Benji watches with her. Yeah. And they were all reality shows about yeah. miserable people. And I'm like, I hate those shows. She's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Why are we congratulating these people? Why are these people becoming famous? I mean, like the fact that they have no morality and they'll just put anything on like, you know, like just terrible things that they want to do just for the camera, just to so keep the story going. Yeah. That's so fucking vapid. I got like, Well, how do you know it's real? I got to give, like, her, because, credit. I gotta give her, like, cre- her credit, though, for realizing that this is a popular genre of entertainment and recreating it on this freakcast because it's she gets a lot of viewers it's successful there's like 70 80 people a show well and, howard did it first by yeah the way. yeah that's true and she, she i know what you mean yeah 
She goes every night too, like five days a week. So it's a, uh, she's all when you see it. somebody and you kind of maybe disagree with how they go about their success, but they, they have results every day. You've got to say like, that's it. They're attracting whatever those people that are watching that's it want. That's, so yeah. that's amazing. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah. It, but I think as a society, we should stop yes. doing like, like rewarding people for doing shitty things because I mean, like I, I know what it is. It's like everybody has this little devil on their shoulder that wishes they could do this shit that they don't because that's why GTA five is fun. Yeah. Cause yeah. you could do it in the game, but <laughs> these are actual people actually ruining people's lives. Like for example, if you take the real housewives of New Jersey or right, everything, yeah. I'm East coast. So yeah. I know about this shit. Cause yeah. I, you know, cause I'm from around here, this lady who Teresa, who, Went to jail. Like, she's still she in jail. Yeah. Yeah. The reason why she's in jail is because she was flaunting her wealth, yeah. lying about everything. And then they, they finally saw all this bullshit on TV. And not only that, but all the dumb shit that his mo- her mom and her dad has done are now affecting the kids in high school. They're getting teased. They're getting bullied. They, are, they have to wow. put up with such bullshit. But n- but not only that, but these kids are growing up to be complete scumbags, too. Yeah, they're all going to be assholes. Lyle, I will confess, my wife may watch... Real Housewives of New Jersey, and I may have got sucked <laughs> into it, but that, when they went to jail, like her and her husband, she goes to jail first, then he goes. I was like, oh shit, they're really and the like that. She tried to get out of it, and the stuff they did was kind of despicable and shady. And I was like, holy this is shit. true story, right? This yeah. isn't like this no. isn't reenacted drama. This no, is this like- was in the news that you know Real Housewife <gasps> Teresa is going to jail, and then her husband, and they worked it out with the court so that maybe for the show or maybe for their kids, so that they both wouldn't go at the same time. They would go one at a time so that would be apparent. But I was like, Unreal. why Why do felons get a fucking TV show? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because they can build a lot of wealth from that too. That's despicable. It's like creating the Bonnie and Clydes. Yeah, well. nerd. If you want to check out the rest of the post show, and you should, just visit jockandnerd.com slash 71 or click the link in the show notes to watch the Blab replay. We went on to have an awesome discussion about Star Wars, and Angel uh, gave us like a female fan's point of view. It was really good. Thanks for listening till the end.